to lock the doors, turn up the radio, strap yourself in. Because it's time for the Matt Wyatt Show. The guy who's the color commentator for Mississippi State football and SEC baseball. So, yeah, he brings a lot to the game. And he's right here. Right now. Howdy, everybody. Live on the radio. Glad to be with you today on this Thursday. I'm Matt in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Farm Bureau, go! With the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau Insurance across the great state of Mississippi. Your hometown heroes. That's your local Farm Bureau Insurance agents. Hey, everybody. Lots of ways for you to be a part of the show. It's draft day. Text me what you think is going to happen or call me. Who are you a fan of? Who do you hope your team drafts? Do you care at all? You probably find uh, people all across the spectrum on the uh, the care spectrum when it comes to the draft uh, related to what team they root for. Uh, I've just got friends who are uh, Saints fans who they are really, really diehard and very interested to see what's going to happen tonight. Saints with a couple of picks in that first round. And then, hey, look, I'm sitting here as a Chiefs guy. By the way, Saints, right, unless they trade it, uh, right now, Saints are going to have the 16th pick in the first round and the 19th pick in the first round. Uh, sitting here as a Chiefs fan, kind of a similar deal. Chiefs have the 29th and the 30th pick, back-to-back picks in the first round. Now, you know, that, that draft isn't going to start until tonight, 7, 30, 8 o'clock, whatever the heck it is. And I would think that, like Saints, they might trade one. You're sitting there with two first-round picks unless you know exactly who you're going to get. And unless they're early, there's a great chance you trade out of at least one of them. Um, I, and I'll tell you this. If it were the Patriots, you know good and well what they'd do, right? They'd trade them both. Get out of the first round. That's the way they operate under Belichick. But anyway, um, so just saying they have a couple of first-round picks doesn't mean they're actually going to wind up picking two guys in the first. We'll see if any trades occur. Uh, but... My Saints fans, uh, friends, believe the Saints are going to hang on to both of those because they're a little higher up in the first round. You know, you're just sitting there with a chance and, you know, new coach and kind of rebuild. It's sort of rebuild. And you're sitting there with 16 and 19 that they need to go get who they need to get. And the mock drafts are kind of hit and miss on what they're going to do, what the philosophy is going to be. just depends on which one you look at. Now, and, and I'm, I'm about to go over a couple of the mock drafts for the uh, ESPN guys, Kuyper and McShay. They put out new ones today. I say new ones, just slightly adjusted. And there's some stuff they agree on that, you know, is probably pretty telling, given that they those two guys do have sources anyway. And that's all they do all year long is supposed to track this stuff down. So I'll give you what's on those mock drafts, and then we'll see. Uh, kind of how you feel and, and think about it. Looking forward to seeing where Charles Cross is going to wind up. Uh, you know, he's been up and down and up and down. It seems like most mock drafts anyway are settling in on him either being a, a giant or a panther, five and six. And just, you know, who knows? Who knows how it's going to ultimately uh, play out? But we'll get into some, what some of that is. So, are you excited about the draft? That's one question. I do want to go over it. It is big because we got local kids who are going to go. I mean, Cross is from Laurel, Mississippi. You know, local kid. Uh, Corral. Matt Corral, Ole Miss. 
Is he going to be a first-rounder? Some of the projections don't have him going to first round, but you never know. All it takes is somebody higher up in the draft, take a quarterback that nobody knew was going to take one, and then everything shifts up, right? And that could pull him into the first round, and we'll see. We shall see. All right, so feel free to text me today. Country please and text line. It's 885-ESPN. It's a 601 number, 885-ESPN. Or call me on the Divinity phone. So give me a call on this number. It's a 601 number, 995-1059. 601-995-1059. Nick texted me. He said, if the Saints draft Corral... I'll be in quite the conundrum. <laughs> so he's obviously a state fan who didn't want to root for Corral. Well, yeah, I mean, think about how um, – think about a, a diehard Ole Miss fan, diehard Ole Miss fan who's also a Cowboys fan when they took Dak and when he got the job and stuff. Imagine how they felt, right? Or diehard state fan, just diehard Bulldog, and all, he's, but he's also a Giants fan. And they took Eli back in the day, right? You're going to root for Eli. It can happen. In fact, I think I know a couple of diehard Ole Miss fans who were diehard Cowboys fans, and they haven't changed their allegiances. But I will say they've been pretty they've been pretty critical of Dak. <laughs> Any chance they get, it seems like they're pretty critical of him. There is a, that's probably something I should point out to you. Also, I did a little reading this morning. There are some rumors floating around out there that Jerry Jones and the Cowboys might actually be interested in trading up higher into the first round to to be able to go and take one of the top offensive tackles. Right now, the Cowboys are sitting there with a 24th pick. And a lot of the mock drafts out there do have them taking an offensive lineman in the first round, even out at 24. And it may not be one of the top tackles, but it could be an interior guy or a swing guy, depending on who you ask. But there was a rumor that popped up overnight that said they may be trying to get up to you know 14 or inside the top 14 something like that to give up what they've got to give up to make sure that one of the top four tackles they could take um, you know so there would be a chance N- nobody feels like the tackle out of NC State uh, I can nobody feels like he's gonna slide you know outside of the top five most people think that uh, the Texans are going to take him. Was that the third pick, second pick, third pick, something like that, to play opposite of Laramie Tunsil? Well, you know, we'll see. But most—that's how most people feel about that. And let's just say if that holds up, well, then you got Evan Neal out of Alabama, Charles Cross out of Mississippi State, and then a kid out of was it Northern Iowa, Iowa somewhere, yeah, Northern Iowa, who's like the. Rated as the fourth tackle. Any of those four really highly rated offensive tackles. And if they were to slide, it might be that Cross, somebody like Cross, might be available at 10 or 11 or 12 if he slides past that fifth and sixth pick. If he doesn't and the Cowboys went up there, they would probably be able to get Trevor Penning, that offensive tackle, out of Northern Iowa, who. You know, he's in that group. Everybody talks about the top three, but there's really a top four, and he's it. When you're talking about top 15-type tackles that may get taken in this draft, and people are saying that the Cowboys may trade up in there to be able to get one. So um, something to keep an eye on. It's just stuff starts swirling around on 
on uh, draft day. All right. Um, what is this about? Troll Tide. He sent me something with a picture on it. I tell you what I'm going to do. Troll Tide is I'm going to. When we get into the commercial break, I'll have time to sort of read that and see what that is. I appreciate you sending it. Something about the local paper and public notices. I'm going to read through that and see what that is. Yeah, appreciate it. All right, so let's hit it. Mock drafts. The in, in the draft tonight is, um, you know, first round. It's going to be televised in there. I think if you look at, um, say, if you look at ESPN. They are advertising it as a as airtime is seven Eastern. In other words, our round one coverage, the NFL draft, seven Central, eight Eastern. I said it wrong. Seven Central, that'd be Mississippi time, eight Eastern. But here's what we know. If you turn your television on at seven o'clock, you're not gonna watch a draft pick pretty quick. You're going to, you know, you're gonna you're going to sit there for, what, at least half an hour before a pick is made. Okay, so just <laughs> just keep that in mind, I guess. But that's what they're saying. Uh, ESPN is saying their draft coverage will begin at 7 o'clock if you want to pick it up and watch it. And I guess you can listen to it on uh, the ESPN radio stuff if you listen nationally. Um, but anyway, just know that it's kind of like a ball game. You know, It's one thing that perturbs me about ESPN. They'll advertise, especially these big games, playoff games, national title games, stuff like that. Uh, they'll advertise it. Oh, it's 7 o'clock. Well, you turn it on, and 20 minutes later, you're still watching preview. Drives me crazy. Tell me when they're playing. <laughs> but I'll save that rant for, for the, the season. Okay, so here we go. Let's start with Todd McShay, one of two foremost draft analysts at ESPN. Final mock draft before tonight's first round goes. And he has a little shakeup there at number one. He's always had Aiden Hutchinson, the defensive end out of Michigan, going number one overall to Jacksonville. But now, in this latest here on the day of the draft, he's got Trayvon Walker, the defensive end from Georgia, being the number one overall pick. He's got Aiden Hutchinson, Michigan, going number two. Y'all realize Hutchinson is six foot seven? Yeah, he's like he's tall like Montez Sweat. Not as fast, but but he's about as tall as him. So he has Trayvon Walker, Georgia defensive end, going number one. Hutchinson sliding down to go number two to Detroit in his home state of Michigan there. And then at number three, so keep an eye on the tackles. This is McShay. At number three, he has the Texans taking Derek Stingley Jr., the corner out of LSU. Now, it's interesting, and the reason I think people are not sure on what Houston is going to do, he points it out here that the Texans are playing it very close to the vest. There, there's not much information coming out of there about like what their intentions are. At number four, the Jets. He has the J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 taking Equanu, the offensive tackle from NC State. And you wonder how they would feel about that. Um, so... I want to play something for you, though, real quick. And I saw this on Twitter just a little bit ago. If I were to poll everybody listening right now, can you name, I don't know, we could do 10 years, 15. Let's do last 15 to 20 years. 
Name the best first-round pick that the New York Jets have made. Can can anybody name it? Anybody? Last 15, 20 years? Name the best first-round pick that the New York Jets have made. It's almost a trick question because you can't. You can't. You say the best first-round pick. They had many good first-round picks. And on Twitter today, um, some people up in New York compiled and put together a video of some first-round picks. This is over the course of time here, you know, so it goes back maybe a little farther than 20 years. But Jets' first-round picks, and just one after the other after the other after the pick is announced, you get to hear what the pick was, and then it's just these Jets fans just booing every pick that's ever made. <laughs> it's almost like the fans know better what they need than the organization has known because they've dis- the fans have disagreed with all these first-round picks, and it actually begins to get hilarious. Well, later in the – it's about a minute and a half, and later in the video, you ex- as soon as they – the, the guy announces the position of the player, their first-round pick. He goes, with their first-round pick, fullback. And you hear this <laughs> fullback now in the first round, and you hear this Jets fan go, no, before he even says who it is. Check it out. Johnny Lamb Jones. Wide receiver. I think it's a good selection, but a very surprising one. UCLA running back, Freeman McNeil. As a season ticket holder of the Jets, I'm going to boo. Jets take the first-round selection quarterback, no! Ken O'Brien of California, Davis. Everybody said if Marino was going to be around at that time, they'd take Marino. Obviously, the Jets know something that, you know, the people up here don't. New York Jets first-round selection fullback, oh, Roger Vick, Texas a and New York Jets, first-round choice. Jeff Lagerman, linebacker, Virginia. It's obvious to me right now that the Jets just don't understand what the draft's all about. <laughs> the New York Jets select Blair Thomas, running back, Penn State. <laughs> the New York Jets select Johnny Mitchell, tight end, Nebraska. <laughs> New York Jets select tight end from Penn State, Kyle Brady. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, our first real upset, I think, at this point in the draft. <laughs> I mean, Jets fans were chanting, we want Sap. We want Sap. Warren Sap. Okay, Hall of Famer Warren Sap, Super Bowl winning defensive lineman, one of the best to ever play that position. Everybody pretty much felt that way about him coming out of Miami. We want Sap. We want Sap. The fans wanted Sap, and the Jets drafted a tight end named Kyle Brady. <laughs> and on the video, it was like as soon as I said tight end out of Penn State, this Jets fan just puts his head down in his hands, and he's like, oh, no. And they're chanting, we want Sap. I mean, it's just poor, poor Jets fans. The first round has just been – now, okay, they took the quarterback last year out of BYU who I thought was um, and still think is a pretty 
you know, pretty decent pick. They, was it last year or two years ago? They put it, I guess maybe it was two years ago. Anyway, they took him two overall, the kid out of BYU, Zach Wilson, who, if you guys want to look it up, you can, I think is a pretty interesting and, and maybe a pretty close comp to Matt Corral, actually, is Wilson and Corral. But anyway, that's who they took, QB. and He, he had big ups and downs, but you know, he just didn't have a great team around him. But their first rounds of, oh, my goodness, just been. Now, now Pat, he just texted the show when I'm going, go back 15, 20, find who's the best first-round pick for the Jets. And it's like you can't think of one. And Pat tells me, you're forgetting about Jamal Adams, Matt. Okay, well, yes, very good player. How good is he, Pat? And my thing is this. It sort of makes my point that we're talking about a safety named Jamal Adams. And I put out there the last 15 to 20 years. <laughs> and he didn't even play for him anymore. Hated it. And really, oh, I mean, like, how great is he? It's, I, I don't know that necessarily changes my point. Hey, Bill, are you familiar with a guy named Mike Francesa? Oh, yes, I am. New York radio for all those years. Mr. Fall Asleep During a Broadcast. Right. Well, he would go on these rants every now and then and just tear into the Jets. And since I'm on the subject of the Jets and how they have, from a draft perspective, they've just been so bad. I have to play for you some audio of one of my favorite Francesa rants of all time. And it was back when Rex Ryan was the coach of the Jets. He doesn't get it. First of all, he gives you this Jet Nation garbage. There is no such thing. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Commit a penalty or fumble the ball or drop the ball? Which one is that? Play like a jet. We know it's not play well because we've all been here all our lives. So the idea you want to build on a franchise that has been, for the most part, a laughingstock is ridiculous. Where the heck do you think same old jets came from? So this play like a jet stuff is nonsense. I hate hearing it. Jet nation. There is no jet nation. There's no anything. There's Red Sox nation. There are no other nations. Everyone else is just ripping it off, and they don't exist. What is Jet Nation? 42,000 empty, 42, empty seats? <laughs> Jet Nation. The Giants have got great fans. They don't have a nation. <laughs> this guy got up there, and you know what? If I watched that and I were the owner, I'd throw the television out the window. I throw the television out the window. Uh, Throw it out the window. We'll throw it out the window. Uh, he hates the Jets. The, he yeah. hates the Jets. He was fed up with the Jets. Jets went in smiling and laughing because they made a 55-yard field goal. Here's the problem with the Jets and Rex Ryan. They are so easily satisfied. Any little victory, even inside the game, makes them smile and high-five. They're still losing and they're doing that. <laughs> I mean, this franchise, if I took the Rex Ryan press conference yesterday where he told you Geno Smith's still going to be a really good player, and I took this guy who just told you the owner's great, the president's great, the coaches are great, the players are great, you fans are great, everything's great. But we're one and seven. 
<laughs> and we've been outscored, you know, 230 to 140. And we have one interception on the season. And yesterday, Orton threw for, completed 10 passes for 9,000 yards. <laughs> Uh, th- all right, one more. This was his big finish of, of his Jets rant. He only caught three passes yesterday for 157 yards. You know how long it takes a Jet receiver to get 157 yards? Three years. <laughs> and everything's fine. We just need to evaluate. We need to finish. We need to finish. You need to be finished. <laughs> Your calls when we come back. Uh, it's just yeah. fantastic. Tell us how you really feel there, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. In Jet Nation. Yeah. What is that? What is that? 45,000 empty seats? Yes. <laughs> He said, "Everything's good except the team." He said, he's up there. He's talking about play like a jet. He goes, "What is that? Uh, fumble the ball or drop a pass? Right, right? Because we know it's not play well." Yeah. <laughs> okay, enough of picking on the Jets. And look, if they take tonight, if they take that offensive tackle out of NC State, Aquanu at number four, it's a good pick. It really is. When you consider they took a quarterback last year and this guy is a road grader, and maybe they're doing it right. More on the McShay mock draft. I I was just getting started on that. I'll do McShay and Kuyper. So when I come back, I'm going to tell you where McShay has Charles Cross being drafted tonight. He and Kuyper, to kind of give it away, are in agreement on this. I'll tell you where he has Matt Corral, where where they do. And we'll kind of go from there, right? And then I'll get to your texts also. Jet Nation. Giants got great fans. They don't have a nation. All right. Just uh, getting started with you on Thursday. Draft day. I'm not in Las Vegas. Thank goodness. Stick around. At this time, we are proudly required to present present more of the Matt Wyatt Show. We have another totally awesome episode for you today. Back with you, rolling along here. I'm Matt in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. Okay, so I'm going to get back to Troll Tide's text earlier. I told him I'd read this during the commercial break. All right, and his message to me, along with this picture, said, Hey, Matt, I saw this in today's local paper, public notices. And he put paper in quotations. Looks like MSU is already getting with those relaxed recruiting rules. See, um, see annual perch line. Okay, and so I didn't really know how to decipher that, Troll Tide. Okay, now I'm clicking on the thing here. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's okay. It says, I see what you're saying. I, okay, I get it now. All right, it's, it says Mississippi State University, notice of proposed sole source purchase, and then there's like a purchase, I don't know, what would you call that? A purchase number, maybe? Is that what that is? Um, Mississippi State University anticipates purchase, purchasing the items listed below as a sole source purchase. And then it's commodity or commodities to be purchased. Annual, and then it says perch, but P-E-R-C-H, like a fish. What does that stand for? 
This is all over my head. I'm going to be honest with you, troll type. But it says annual perch subscription up to 250 athletes and 24 cameras. <laughs> so whatever they're purchasing, whether it was a typo or they didn't proofread it right, it makes it sound like they are purchasing up to 250 athletes. <laughs> but maybe it's something else. Um, yeah, and what kind of paper would that be in is what I'm wanting to know. <laughs> and no need to apologize, Troll Tide. I, I get it. Yeah, they. it does say annual perch subscription up to 250 athletes. So, I, I mean, I don't know what any of that means. <laughs> I need somebody smarter than me to decipher it. I just, I'm like you. I know what it looks like, like you're buying athletes, right? Well, yeah, maybe they're getting started. Name, image, and likeness, man. It's here. <laughs> maybe that's what it is. Um, yes, and Nick, going back to the Jets deal, Nick texted and said, uh, so in consecutive years, the Jets passed on Marino and drafted a fullback in the first round. Woof. Yeah. And I, I don't know for sure if they were back-to-back -back years. I haven't looked up because that was sort of picking some of the high spots right there. But my goodness. Yeah. And, you know, look, okay, so O'Brien played for them for a long time and played pretty well, didn't he? It wasn't like he was bad. It's just you didn't take Marino instead. You took O'Brien. And, yeah, you know, you get your fans all excited and pumped up and they're screaming and yelling and you took a fullback. In the first round, back when people used fullbacks and for blocking purposes. And then, um, then of course, the whole Kyle Brady. They wanted that tied in instead of taking Warren Sapp. So maybe the Jets are easy to pick on. All right, back over to the mock drafts. I'll give you the rest of it here. So that was McShay that we were going over. He has Trayvon Walker going number one tonight to Jacksonville. It's a defensive end out of Georgia. Number two is Hutchinson from Michigan, the defensive end going to the Lions. Number three has the Texans going with Stingley, corner LSU. Four, the Jets going tackle Equanu from NC State. That'd be, that would actually, I think, be a good pick for them. And then at number five, he has the Giants taking Charles Cross, Mississippi State. Ahead, one pick ahead of Evan Neal, offensive tackle Alabama going to Carolina. So... You know, basically, like, the thought is that Carolina at six is going to take a tackle. And whichever of those top three is available when they get to them, that's who they're going with. Um, is what it looks like. Here's what he says, McShay says about Charles Cross at number five of the Giants. I've heard the Giants and the Panthers both love Cross, who is the best pure pass protector in the entire class. So... New York will likely want to first address the line and land its guy ahead of Carolina before looking at other needs at number seven. See, the Giants have the number five and the number seven pick. Pairing cross with Andrew Thomas gives the Giants a solid duo, helping put Daniel Jones in the best possible position to uh, succeed in a make-or-break season for the fourth-year quarterback. And so that's what they say about cross. Best pure pass protector in the draft. And then Carolina going with Evan Neal, offensive tackle Alabama, at number six. At seven, he's got Giants taking Sauce Gardner, the corner out of Cincinnati. Eight, he has the Falcons. Listen up, Saints fans. At eight, he has the Falcons taking Kayvon Thibodeau out of Oregon. 
At nine, the Seahawks get the ninth pick because they, you know, they traded Russell Wilson to the Broncos, and so they have pick number nine. They're going to go with uh, Jermaine Johnson, the defensive end from Florida State. And then at number ten, the Jets picking again two top ten picks for the Jets. They have them going with Garrett Wilson, the receiver out of Ohio State. So if this holds up, it's pretty clear what the Jets would be doing, and that is trying to get some stuff for Zach Wilson to be successful. And they like him, and I think they should. You know, they, they got a ways to go. Um, and they mentioned that. Okay, let me speed up. This is McShay's mock. 11, Washington going receiver Drake London out of USC. At number 12, the Vikings going with Kyle Hamilton, the safety out of Notre Dame. A lot of people don't feel like he's going to last that long. We were talking about the possibility of the Cowboys trading up. There were rumors that the Cowboys may trade up to get inside the top 13, 14 picks uh, so that they could take Kyle Hamilton. But the, the stronger rumor is they trade up to number 13, the Cowboys do, so that they can take Trevor Penning, the offensive tackle out of Northern Iowa, put him in front of Dak Prescott. They need some help in their offensive line. At uh, 14, the Ravens going with Jordan Davis, deep, big defensive tackle from Georgia. At 15, they got the Eagles going with uh, Jamison Williams, wide receiver, Alabama, who got hurt in the title game but is a blazer. And now we get to the Saints. Listen up, Saints fans. This is McShay. He has Saints at 16, taking Chris Olave, the receiver from Ohio State. At 17, the Chargers going with the corner out of Florida, Elam. At 18, the Eagles going with McDuffie, the corner out of Washington. And at 19, the Saints picking again, and this time going defense, going with Devontae Wyatt, defensive tackle, Georgia. So McShay has, at 16, New Orleans going with the receiver from Ohio State. At 19, Saints go with defensive tackle out of Georgia. Uh, and then we get to the first quarterback off the list for McShay. He has a 20th pick, and a lot of people have agreed on this for months now. 20th pick, Pittsburgh Steelers, Malik Willis, quarterback Liberty. And how about this little nugget also? Okay, if the first quarterback to be drafted in the first round is at pick number 20, this tells you a little bit about this year's quarterback class. It has been 25 years since the first cornerback come off the board was this late in the draft. That was Jim Drunkenmiller at number 26 back in 1997. Wow. Patriots going with uh, the linebacker from Utah at 21. 22, I love this pick. This is McShay. Now, he's starting to differ as he gets later in the first round from the other guys. McShay has the Packers at 22 taking Traylon Burks, wide receiver, Arkansas. I mean, think about that. I, I think that Burks is underrated. You know, seeing him in person, to me, okay, of the games I saw in person last year calling games for Mississippi State, here are the best opposing players I saw all year long. And all three of these really stood out as the best players I saw all year long. Number one, Will Anderson, defensive end, Georgia, uh, Alabama. And number two, Traylon Burks, wide receiver, Arkansas. Number three would be Iquano, the tackle from NC State. Three guys that are so good, they just pop off the field. I'm up in the press box watching it, calling the game on radio, and those three guys are just like, they're just better. 
than everybody else. Burks, I think, is absolutely a first-round worthy pick. And if he were to be taken at 22 to Green Bay, I think it's a fantastic pick for them and a great spot for him, too. Uh, 23, he has Arizona going with the receiver out of Penn State. Dotson, who's really good. 24, the Texans um, taking an offensive tackle guard out of, out of Tulsa. Buffalo at 25 going with a running back from, Ohio, uh, from Iowa State. I keep getting these wrong, don't I? 26, Tennessee Titans taking an offensive lineman from Boston College. 27, the Buccaneers going with the offensive guard out of Texas A&M, Kenyon Green. 28, the Packers pick again, so they're at 22. They're also at 28. And McShay has them going with Lewis Seen, the safety out of Georgia, who um, was unreal in the national title game. And then you get the back-to-back picks at 29 and 30 for the Chiefs, and he has them going with uh, Daxon Hill, the safety out of Michigan, and then George Pickens, a receiver out of Georgia. That's one as a Chiefs fan. I would love to see that. Big, fast guy, recovered from his ACL, but catches everything. That'd be a good pick for them at 30, George Pickens. 31, the Bengals going Quay Walker, linebacker, Georgia. And 32, he has the Lions taking Kenny Pickett, quarterback, Pittsburgh. So McShay does not have um, Matt Corral in his first round. Only two quarterbacks in the first round. That's Willis to the Steelers and Pickett to the Lions. You know, and he also doesn't have in his first round of picks the uh, the other linebacker out, of, linebacker out of Georgia who is the Mississippi kid who I'm drawing a blank on his name right now. But, but you know who I'm talking about. He's from the DeSoto County area up there. Went to Horn Lake. He's sort of, you know, been the, the middle of that Georgia defense, but he didn't have him in the first round. All right, so that's McShay. I know this is taking a little bit, but we'll go through the – Kuiper mock draft quickly when we come back. I'll tell you where he's got everything. And I'll get some of your texts, uh, your thoughts on what if the Saints do that. It's back to the Matt Wyatt Show. Get out online now. At thezone1059.com. Yeah, I'm by, you know, I'm not a Giants fan, but it just seems like it'd be a good place for Charles Cross to be. Good team. Uh, well, not team, not good team. Good organization, yeah. I mean, I think you'd call them a good organization. They've gone through some coaching changes recently, and they're going through one now. But if you're going to head to the Big Apple to play football, that's the one, though, right? It's not the other one. So they have him going at five. Um, that's McShay. Kuyper today on the day of the draft, he agrees with McShay that the number one overall pick is going to be Trayvon Walker, defensive end, Georgia. He also agrees with McShay that the number two pick is going to be Aiden Hutchinson from Michigan. Now, where he differs is at number three, Kuyper has the Texans taking a Quanu offensive tackle, NC State. Uh, McShay has Houston going with Stingley. The corner. Uh, Kuiper has him going off into tackle NC State. So Kuiper at four has the Jets going with the corner out of Cincinnati, Sauce Gardner. But then he's back on track with McShay. They agree at number five, Charles Cross, Mississippi State, to the Giants. Um, 
And and he justifies it this way. And this is Kuiper. With two of the next three picks, the Giants have to come away with a starting right tackle. They should go ahead and take one here. Cross didn't get many chances to show off his run blocking because of the pass-heavy Mississippi State offense, but I love his potential, and he could play right tackle on the other side of Andrew Thomas. And so that's what Kuiper said about it. So that's one through five. A little different, but the same with Cross at five to the Giants, and he also has Evan Neal, the tackle out of Alabama, going at six to uh, Carolina. We'll get to the rest of the McShay. I'm sorry, the rest of the Kuiper mock draft stuff coming up in just a second. Right now, though, over to the phone line, Divinity Equipment phone. Divinity Equipment, Madison and in Jackson, your Kubota dealer. Joey, hanging on line one. What's up, Joey? Hey, Matt. Now, I'm on record on this radio show before, before the draft ever happened saying with the sixth pick, the Jacksonville Jaguars select Gardner Minshew. So that, that, that can be found on a soundbite somewhere. I told He was on the air, and I told him it would happen. Um, so, and I, I just saw Tony Baselli say that Charles, he, he was almost, it, it was kind of a, a, a little bit braggadocious, but pretty hot, you know, but a, a great statement. He said that Charles Cross is the surest thing since him. Wow. And he was just talking about how people felt about him. If you remember that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and obviously he just went to Hall of Fame. He's the radio voice of the Jaguars. So I'm just going to step out on a limb, and, and I, I think they've kind of held it close to the vest. If I'm wrong, hey, we, you know, we're all predicting stuff. We're wrong all the time. But good thing when we when we get to meet the good Lord, he's going to worry about a whole lot of things other than what we predicted, Matt. So, um, <laughs> That's right. But but I I think they're going to shock the world and make and and I don't think you know they call it a reach and Jacksonville's been known to do that a little bit I don't know that it's a reach but but I just think they're going to shock the world and take Charles Cross number one okay I kind of I kind of selfishly want that but I also um yeah, I think it could happen but I don't and I and I tell you what I really selfishly against is. Anybody from Mississippi going to New York? I mean, the the last guys out of there now. Uh, you know what Eli did? Sure, that was great. We can't take anything away from that. But those two teams in that town are tied for the worst record in the league in the last decade. Yeah, they're terrible. They're absolute. I don't. I don't think he can fix it. Um, and I know how terrible Jacksonville's been, but they've made all the right moves. That team will be 500 this year instantly. I guarantee it. That I am sure of. That, that may be seven or well, seven wins because they play an extra game. But but they'll still be real close. Maybe over 500. Um, but this draft is is. But you couldn't go wrong with Trayvon Walker either. But what about the guy to Alabama? Um, has he, yeah. he still got another year of football? Okay, play, yeah, think. Will Anderson, you're talking about the pass rusher? Yeah. Yeah, he's got another year. Yeah, absolutely. And the, and the Arkansas kid, you know what they were calling him on the NFL Network yesterday? Which kid? You're talking they about both, the, the receiver? The, the, the receiver. They mm-hmm. were just saying that, that Philadelphia, they're not 
because the Philadelphia fans, it was a couple of the, the twins, I think, that played there or whatever. But, and, you know, they were saying, hey, if they're not going to go get Debo, why spend all that money and capital to go get Debo Samuel in free agency when mm-hmm. here's Debo Samuel 2.0? Yeah, that's a great uh, point. And he might even I, – I don't know for sure, but he might even be a little taller than Debo. But that is – I tell you, um, they when you look at Arkansas – uh, they had some games this past year, particularly the Mississippi State game, where it was obvious to anybody watching the game that they went in there and said, we are getting the ball to Traylon Burks however we've got to get it to him as often as we can get it to him. It's the same thing San Francisco did with Debo. That's a heck of a comparison. I like it. And that's the kind of player I think he is, really. And I don't understand uh, with another Mississippi kid, Matt, I, I feel like Nicobe Dean slipping out of the top twenty, right? And and I hope and and I and I'd love to see the the Packers think uh, he reminds us of, of Clay, um, and 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 do that. But that that kid has a degree in mechanical engineering from Georgia that he got in three years. You know, they just hand those out at the drive-through, right? <laughs> right. I'm gonna go pick up mine after lunch, but but I mean, really, not only not only is he a physical specimen of a man, and I think he's humble about it, but I, is he not the smartest guy in most locker rooms he would walk in? Yeah, I would think so. That that kind of stuff matters. It mm-hmm. matters big. I, I, I to see him to slip. He, he's. He's he's gonna go tonight, but to see it be late is Yeah. Well I, I think there's I think he's gonna be I think I am gonna tell you three years from today we'll look back on it and say it. We'll, we'll review it. But I'm just gonna go ahead and say it now and three years from today we can decide if I was right or wrong. I think he's gonna be the best pick in this draft. How about that? Nicobe Dean out of Horn Lake, Mississippi, via Georgia. Absolutely. Appreciate it, Joey. Yep. Thanks for the call, man. Good to hear from you as always. Yeah, like I said, uh, McShay does not have Nicobe Dean going in the first round. If you look at Kuyper, okay, I'm going to back up to where I was. If you look at Kuyper, uh, he's got Cross at five to the Giants. He's got the Giants again at number seven going defensive end, Jermaine Johnson, Florida State. Falcons at eight going with Garrett Wilson, receiver, Ohio State. And then he's Kuiper has Stingley going all the way down at number nine to Seattle. The Jets pick again at number 10, taking a receiver out of USC. And so listen up, Saints fan. McShay has the Saints getting Chris Olave or Olave, the receiver out of Ohio State at number 16. Kuiper has him going all the way up at number 11 to Washington. Um uh, this is Kuyper. 12, Minnesota. Kayvon Thibodeau, defensive end, Oregon. 13, Houston, going with the safety out of Notre Dame, Kyle Hamilton. 14, the Ravens take Jordan Davis, defensive tackle, Georgia. Speedster, receiver out of Alabama, Jamison Williams, going at 15 to Philadelphia. More of a, Maybe more of a true outside receiver. And then Kuyper has at number 16, the Saints going with Trevor Penning, offensive tackle, Northern Iowa. You know, for sure, everybody's fourth best tackle in that first round, or at least in the draft, it didn't always play out that way. But that's what they have New Orleans doing at 16. 
I'll just go ahead and skip ahead. And at 19, they have the Saints taking Kenny Pickett out of Pitt. He agrees with McShay. The Steelers are going to take Malik Willis, the quarterback, out of Liberty at number 20. So the difference being in McShay's mock draft, Malik Willis at number 20 to Pittsburgh is the first quarterback in the first round. Kuyper agrees that he goes to Pittsburgh at number 20. He just has Kenny Pickett going to New Orleans at number 19. And here's what he says. He's, Kuyper says there just aren't many teams excited about the signal callers in this draft. The Saints have a bigger need at tackle, which is why I went that way at number 16. But this is a good value for Pickett, who could compete with Jameis Winston for the starting job, and you could get him at number 19. They think he'll be there available. Uh, he also he has the Cowboys taking an offensive lineman at 24. And... Um, he also does not have Nakobe Dean in his first round. Both those guys, McShay and Kuyper, don't have Matt Corral being drafted in the first round. I will say that if I'm a Chiefs fan, they've got back-to-back picks there uh, in at 29 and 30. If Traylon Burks is on the board, don't take Pickett out of Georgia. Take Burks. Now they're you know health, notwithstanding, they say that Pickett is healthy, but I like Burks better. I think he's more versatile. Now Pickett's absolutely, in my opinion, a first round receiver, but only one of these guys has him going to the first round. Hour one in the books. Hour two coming up. Stay with me.